0: Hello and welcome to the St. Francis Sunday Sermon Podcast for this, the 25th Sunday after Pentecost. Our sermon this week comes from the Reverend Christine Trainer, and we hear selections from the St. Francis Choir. Hello. Enjoy and have a blessed week, my friends. as we are bringing in all of our pledges and seeing where we are together. I commend this interpretation to you as you think and pray about forgiving. It's a good interpretation. And I think there's more nuance to the story. Our gospel lesson consists of two complementary parts tied together by the mention of wills. The first part might be titled, The, the Bad Scribes. We know that Jesus did not think that all scribes were bad. He talked with some and invited them to follow him. But here he condemns the scribes of the temple who plunge the poor into even deeper poverty. Charging exorbitant temple taxes, they gouge those who barely have enough to get by. They perpetuate a system which keeps the poor down and are fairly indebted. In condemning the scribes, Jesus raises the consciousness of his listeners. He makes a zingy social commentary and critique on how one can become complicit in this kind of system, not only by doing something, but by doing nothing. By doing nothing, the status quo is perpetuated and it keeps down the poor. Doing nothing makes one complicit in the system. The system in Jesus' time looks pretty much like the system in our world today, namely the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. I saw a small and kind of strange example of this recently in the corporate parking policy of my friend's company. In his company, the executives got free parking in a car lens, but the janitorial staff, who relied on parking because they traveled over an hour away, didn't get any break on their cars they made one-twentieth of his salary. Clearly needed break, but the system reported the wealthy, so the rich became richer and the poor became poorer. It's very hard for any of us to extract ourselves from these systems. Even when we live simply, we enjoy products and infrastructures whose provision devours the lives of the poor in the world. Just as Jesus overturned the tables in the temple, a few scenes before this one, he seeks to overturn the temple practice, which perpetuates this corruption. The second part of the Gospel reading references the poor widow and her generous gift. In a lot of sermons I've heard, the poor widow hides in the shadows, she's very weak, and timid, she quietly, almost out of sight, slips her two cents into the coffer. But the story doesn't say anything about these details. She may not be meek at all. What if she stands and strides to the coffers boldly, with purpose and self-assurance? Well, the tragedy might bring out even more, that she still supports the system even knowing its imperfections. If she approaches with faithful dignity, her disposition heightens the ambiguity and the tension when we consider that the widow gives her all in spite of the fact that the institution to which she remains faithful devours poor widow's houses. She may be a model of giving, but now under such paradoxical circumstances. Well, maybe she gives because she believes in a few good scribes. What's more, maybe she trusts in the power of Jesus to overturn the current system and make it equitable, and so she gives generously in that hope. Therein may lie her greatest witness of faith. Not just that she can give generously out of her poverty, but that she believes Jesus can change the system. She trusts that he can overturn and form something so degrading. She has faith that he can transform a corrupt system and transfigure it into a life-giving one. Note where the story fits in Mark's gospel. Jesus has entered to Jerusalem to be acclaimed the crowds, he has cleansed the temple and concluded a series of disputes with Pharisees, Herodians, and scribes. And now he is teaching in the temple. As Jesus prepares to leave the disciples, he prepares for them to take on the Jesus movement. This may be the most important message for them to digest, that this prophet is the real deal. He won't say peace, peace, when there is no peace. Rather, he will speak out against corruption. He won't support the status quo, but will do all his power, even to death, to overturn it. He won't sit idly or quietly by. <coughs> that the widow did either. i like to imagine her confidently putting in her sense, trusting that Jesus could do all these things, and that she was showing her trust that this new temple of the Jesus movement was established upon the person, the very God who never disappoints.